Ed Keenan here with you. Uh, Kelly Katraris taking a break. A much-deserved uh, shortened week off after the long weekend. And so I'm happy to be with you through till noon, through till lunchtime when Alan Carter takes over. Uh, right now I'm looking at a story from today's Toronto Star. Uh, new digital charter, federally, uh, will emphasize... Canadians control over personal information. We've seen, uh, and actually, I've on this within the last week. I've been on this radio station talking about personal information and how it's uh, been leaked or hacked or abused by uh, big digital companies. And the federal government's new digital charter will emphasize Canadians' control over their own personal information and promises strong enforcement of transnational internet giants that break the law. They will not, however, take any immediate steps to impose regulation on companies like Facebook, Google, and Amazon, according to a copy of the digital carter obtained by the Star. The, the, this will be announced, it says, in a speech planned for today by Navdeep Baines, the Innovation and Economic Development Minister. Uh, but, you know, it is apparently coming. Uh, Here to uh, talk to us about the concept of a digital charter and what the federal government has planned is uh, a 640 Toronto cybersecurity expert and the CEO of Bostron Security, David Shipley. David, welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, you, you, a digital charter, is this actually uh, something that is likely to protect Canadians any more than they're protected now? Uh, Well, I I think the way that they're describing this digital charter is that it's going to be a set of principles that existing or future Canadian government laws will be judged against. So the charter itself, I'm not terribly optimistic it's going to do much. And frankly, um, you know, not taking immediate action to start talking about real legislative changes and regulations on these massive companies really isn't going to make a difference. We've seen what self-regulation um, looks like for these companies, and it's like having a five-year-old do your grocery shopping. They're obviously not going to regulate themselves, and they're going to come out with junk food, and it's not going to be good for anybody. Um, so uh, I'm not really that optimistic about the charter itself making a difference. What I find interesting is the, the hints they're dropping about trial balloons around strengthening Canada's privacy legislation, which is woefully inadequate and long overdue for an overhaul. So, I mean, if they are dropping trial balloons or, as you say, a charter, like our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, for example, is, is more, it's an articulation of principles of a set of governing ideas that all of our laws then should conform to, right? And now, I don't imagine that a charter like this is going to have the constitutional stature that the Charter of Rights does, but if they do then follow up with specific laws, like what kind of laws could we be looking at that these principles would kind of lead to? Well, first of all, I think if we apply these principles, if they are as robust as we hope they are, um, the first law is that privacy law, and we should be taking a page from the Europeans, which is um, real, meaningful rights for Canadians backed with significant penalties for companies when they abuse it. So, for example, Facebook is facing fines in the billions of dollars for their numerous privacy scandals, and that's finally an amount that's enough for them to actually take it seriously. And combined with penalties they're facing from countries around the world, it's enough now to hurt them and to make it make sense. But right now, with Canada's legislation, the penalties that exist 
are not even a slap on the wrist. The the worst that they face from Canadian law right now is about $150,000, which I'm pretty sure Mark Zuckerberg's executive assistant could do on their credit card. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not going to cut it. Um, I'd say that's step number one. I'd say step number two is um, really updating and overhauling and using our antitrust laws in a clever way um, to hold Facebook accountable. And there are hints in this Toronto Star story that they're thinking about using our antitrust laws in ways like Germany did. When what Germany did earlier this year was say, hey, Facebook, you can't put your tracking code on everybody else's website, which they currently do now for a variety of purposes, and Combine that data with data of your Facebook users without their consent. And so they really are reining the company in. Now, you mentioned that Germany uh, has been using uh, antitrust laws to, to, to limit those uh, data gathering. And it does feel like uh, Germany and some other European Union countries have been sort of much stricter on enforcing uh, you know, consumer protection laws in the tech era than we have in North America. Oh, absolutely. They're a decade ahead of us. And the, and the difference is, in North America, after Reagan became president, is North American antitrust law solely focused on um, breaking companies up and limiting their power only when you could show an impact on pricing. So if it was hurting consumers, it was making them pay more, that's when government would step in. But prior to that, and in Europe, they still have this model, they had a broader view of antitrust in terms of looking at a company's overall power and influence on society. And that's the kind of model of law we need to step back to. Because when you look at Facebook, they don't charge users money, so consumer price is irrelevant. Um, it really is uh, what impact they're having on society. And there's been enough, enough demonstration now that um, Facebook and other social media companies are like big tobacco. They have not been good for society. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because uh, typically, at least, you know, as recently as 20 years ago, when we were talking about antitrust laws and how they might apply to uh, Microsoft at the time, we were talking mm-hmm. about people being forced to buy things uh, by because of market share and domination and all of that, and that's the conventional way. But it, it feels like uh, the kind of surveillance that's possible and, and information gathering, data gathering, that's possible for these big companies. We're, we're talking about a whole different ballgame. This is not just an unfair position where consumers will be cheated out of money. It, it potentially could put their... It's like an Orwellian kind of uh, possibility that exists there that, that people's whole identities and, and their activities, uh, you know, could be... Tra- it, it just seems like there are more nefarious purposes and maybe there should be something even more pressing than in the strictly financial cases of the past. Well, and these companies have pursued these technologies without thinking about the consequences of them. It has always been the rush to see what they can do and how they can monetize it, not whether or not they should do it and what the negative fallout is for society, you know, hence the rise of fake news, the destruction of local businesses, and the rise of these massive companies like Amazon that sell everything on the planet. And so, you know, it has come time. My only um, regret about, you know, I want to be more excited about this digital charter. I want to be excited that the federal party is actually talking about strengthening Canada's privacy laws, but it's literally like watching the uh, the closing seconds of the Maple Leafs games, and, you know, there are a couple of goals behind. There's just not enough time for them to actually act on this before the next election. It's exciting to see the energy, but it's not going to do anything. So, really, we're not going to see anything change until after October. 
Um, and that assumes whatever party gets back in still thinks it's a priority at that time. So I'm a bit frustrated that we're this far behind, um, and we've, we've basically missed the season um, legislatively to make a difference. Mm, that, that, thank, thank you for putting it that way. It kind of uh, uh, sums it up for me in a way, a way that I can understand, because I understand lost leaf seasons. David Shipley, uh, thanks for unpacking this for us. Uh, we'll continue to watch, but if I can summarize this, you know, a digital charter maybe says some of the right things, but it's too little, and by the time we get through another election, it may well be too late. That's uh, what I take away from uh, David Shipley there on that topic.